Welcome back to season two of the Ring Back Feminine Podcast. I am your host, Angelica Chulo. And on this podcast, we talk about all things femininity, masculinity, relationships, how to reach your highest self, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. I'm thrilled to have you join us today for another episode of Inspiration, Growth, and Transformation. I'm your host, Angelica Chillo, and if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, I have an incredibly special guest with me, someone who holds a very dear place in my heart. She's the person who sparked my own journey towards femininity, so I couldn't be more excited to have her here with us today to start off season two. If you listened to my first ever episode on this podcast, then you probably have an idea of who I'm talking about and why I thought she would be a great first guest. Her name is Kelly Pitts, also known as The Femininity Doctor. Kelly is an author of an insightful book called Doctor's Orders, a guide for helping modern women reclaim their femininity for good, which I read and absolutely loved. She has her fabulous course on femininity. She's a femininity coach and counselor. She hosts her own retreats that take you on a journey of healing and self-discovery. And she also has her amazing Instagram page at The Feminine Doctor, where you will find tons of life-changing and knowledgeable posts on femininity, masculinity, relationships, and spirituality. Just her page transformed my life, so it's definitely one to follow. So thank you all for tuning in, and let's begin. Well, hello. Hi. You look absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining me here today, and welcome to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that I am super excited to have you for the first guest for season two, because you were such an instrumental part to my femininity journey. So that's why I really wanted to start it off with you. Um, When I met Mike, I struggled finding my femininity. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. It was such a foreign language to me because I just Mm -hmm. thought like independent, I make my own money, my accomplishments, I have a nice car, I have a nice place. And I thought that was going to get me far. So then when I met, I was in toxic relationships, attracting like the wrong men. And then when I met Mike, which was a man of God. He was healthy. He like meditated, journal, went on runs, like really focused on himself. I had problems with him and I didn't know what was wrong. And he like, we would, we would travel to places and I would just start arguments and fights. And I really knew there was something, it was something to do with me a hundred percent. I didn't know what it was. I started reading all these self-sabotage books, manifesting books, but that still didn't do it. And we were in Europe. I think this was like six months into our relationship. Um, He was going to propose to me in Europe and I would just start fighting and fighting and fighting. And even when he said, sorry, I would just run around in circles and we would bump heads a lot. And then one day he lost it. And he's like, I'm the man and you're supposed to be the feminine woman. And that really clicked to me. I'm just like, what it, What are you talking about? What is this feminine? Like, what is femininity? And it was so crazy because I, we were in the car and we were driving and I went on my explore page and you popped up like randomly, like super, super random. And I clicked it and I just literally binged all your posts. 
And I realized, I'm like, wow, like this is what I'm missing. Like I'm a narcissist. I gaslight him. I'm super in my masculine energy. And I was like, okay, like, let me dive into this. And I took your course right away. Like got your book. Yes, I did. I was in Croatia and I was like, literally just like studying. And I'm like, wow, like this is what I'm missing. So I started reading books. I read your book, doctor's orders. Amazing. And then I (laughs) I absolutely loved it. And I'm going to ask you questions about it too. But okay. I realized that's what I was missing. And then I started reading like other books and I started implementing certain things to my relationship and it was, it changed completely. So that's why, so thank you for that. And the reason why I'm here today and the reason why I'm doing this is because you came on my explore page and I'm just like, wow, like this is, this is what I was missing. So yeah. So now that was my story. And I know everybody has a story. So how did you become the femininity doctor? Uh, So I get that question a lot. And the answer is purpose does come from God. You know, Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I knit you together in your mother's womb, I knew who you were. And so since the day I was born, you could say, God has been preparing me to do this. So everything about my life has prepared me to be the femininity doctor Um, So specifically, though, my upbringing was very traditional. I grew up in a home where there was my mom, my dad, my sister, a couple dogs coming in and out of the equation here and there. And while there uh, were a lot of financial resources, I also saw a lot of double-mindedness. And nothing against my parents. They were young when they got married. They both saw a lot of trauma growing up and they 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 did what they could to make things work um but they didn't i didn't i I didn't see femininity and masculinity from a spiritual standpoint i saw it from more of a um like a duty standpoint like my dad was a provider you know he did bring home the bacon my mom made the bacon she was the boss of the home and the kids so i saw the gender roles play out but i understood by the time I was 19 and away at college, oh, you didn't get the spiritual aspect of femininity. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at 19 years old, I cried out to, to Jesus and I said, I know you're real, I think, but I am unhappy. I don't know how and when it started, but if you will make me a woman who I can be proud of and who everyone around me can be proud of, I'll do whatever you say. Oh. And that's when my journey started. I didn't know I was healing to reclaim my femininity so that I could help other women do the same thing. But that's how the journey started when I, or, you know, that's when I went in search of the purpose God already gave me at 19 wow. years old, wanting to be happy inside and not just appear like a beautiful feminine person, truly be filled up. Inside. Yes. That, and that's what happened to me is I had my family and they played the gender roles of my dad was the provider. My mom was the homemaker, but slowly, you know, my parents, they're immigrants. So when we came to Canada, I saw kind of it played differently where my dad would bring home, like you said, the bacon and he would be the provider, but my mom was the boss. And that didn't happen well in with my family because 
I, my mom was very independent. She was very like my way or the highway, but then she never appreciated my father and what he did for the family. And that's Mm. what caused my family to split apart at a young age. And growing up, my mom always taught me like, oh, you don't need men, they'll leave anyways. And you're independent, go get a job. And it sucks being so little because this happened at 13. And, you know, seeing what happens in my family at 13 years old, I'm just like, oh, like, okay, like, screw men. I don't need them. I'm going to just be successful. And I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids like they ruined it for me. And then I started this whole journey and I'm just like, wow, the reason why I was attracting such narcissists is because I wanted, I wanted to date men. I wanted to find the one, but then I hated you guys at the same time. And that's what happened with Mike is like, I was with him, but I didn't trust him. I thought he would leave me. I had abandonment issues. I would accuse him of things he's never done before. And I wouldn't appreciate him. I kind of was acting like the modern day woman where it's this is expected from men i expect them to kiss the ground that i walk on you know because i am the woman and i bring so much to the table and that never worked out for me at all so yeah i think it's so beautiful how even at a young age you know you became cautious of you know like some people are asleep their whole life and then they have that moment where they wake up and you woke up at a very young age. I did, I did. I mean, I would like to correct something. When I say that my mom was the boss of the home and the kids, that's actually what a homemaker is. So Mm -hmm. she played that traditional role um, when we look at biblical femininity, as far as that um, was concerned. But I didn't mean that she was a boss over my father. No, my father was very, very masculine and like no Mm -hmm. woman rules over but I also saw that make him a bit hmm, um, more, what do you call Is it dominant? I think it's domineering. Mm-hmm. Like you're not living sensibly with your wife though. So I saw some different things play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to point out about my life is my parents were definitely the the traditional textbook masculine feminine, but the spiritual aspect I did not get. There was a lot of double-mindedness because you say one thing about living the Christian life, but then I see you do something else. And And that is a huge. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see all the time. Sorry, Mm -hmm. go ahead. (laughs) I was just saying that's so important for women to understand. Um, Like if your parents said one thing and did another likely caused a lot of double-mindedness in your girlhood and so even if you look like a very feminine woman like you and I do I'm sure spiritually which is the most important thing because femininity is about the immaterial driving the material as in the unseen driving the scene well then how am I supposed to be this feminine woman from within which informs everything else if I see my mom and my dad saying one thing doing something else Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. So in your book, and a lot of women ask me, but they're just like, how do you, how do you start the healing process? Because I feel like healing is a, like an initial part to your feminine journey. I found my healing, my real healing, A, through finding femininity and being more feminine and kind of going from within. 
but I also found it when I gave my life to God. And that happened recently. That happened like seven months ago when I finally started going to church and, you know, actually building a relationship with God because I was saying, oh yeah, I believe in God because I grew up that way, but I never knew what it was like building a relationship with him. I was that person who said, yeah, I believe in God, but did complete other things that went against it. And that's how I started my healing journey. But I know a lot of people that listen to me is a, they start building their relationship with God, but then they also tell me, well, how do I heal if I'm not religious or if I'm not spiritual? So do you have any advice for that? Because the only thing that worked for me was God. But I know that in your book, you talk about having like a clean slate and forgiving others. Mm -hmm. You know what? I love what you just said, which is the only thing that worked for me was God. Yeah. And I agree. Mm -hmm. You cannot do this without God. He made you. He knows the plans he has for your life. Good luck trying to get me to explain how a woman yeah. can reclaim her femininity when God is the author of femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way you can start that healing journey, and I actually talk about this in my course, I just revamped it. So if you've not been to see all of the updates, you should check them out in the Kajabi portal. Um, however, the first thing you wanna do is recognize your second parents. A lot of us did not get our femininity because of things that happened in our developmental years, right? Our parents didn't give us some or all of the tools that we needed, and that's no shame on anyone. But God balances the books by sending you second parents, right? Which Mm -hmm. is people like Mike, people Mm -hmm. like your friends who are trying to hold the mirror up to your face and show you, hey, Angelica, or hey, Kelly, this is your problem. These are your struggles. You lie. You are a narcissist. You do Mm -hmm. not appreciate men. Well, the thing people don't understand about their second parents uh, is people aren't just coming into your life for no reason. God is sending these people in your path to show you, hey, these are the things you did not get in your childhood. This is how you are being affected. And I am using these people to balance the books so that you can get back in alignment with the version of yourself I created you to be, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's your parents' job to keep you in alignment, but sometimes they take you out of alignment because they didn't heal their own trauma before they became parents. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is to recognize your second parents, which is when people come into your life, pay attention to those relationships. Journal about those people, right? What are the things they tell you about yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. How quick was your attraction to them? How do they treat you? How do you treat them? Take good notes of your second parents because they are showing you what's going on with you. So many women, myself included, um, struggle with, and some still struggle with understanding why they aren't feminine. Well, the last three people who came into your life told you that, for instance, you're very aggressive. Mm -hmm. So that's things that's keeping you from tapping into your femininity because feminine women aren't aggressive they don't force things they understand that femininity is fluid it being you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so 
if you pay attention to your relationships, AKA second parents, that's how you actually start that healing journey, right? And then you go to God and say, listen, I want an experiential relationship with you, one where I experience you daily and get to know you for myself. I want to know your plans and purpose for my life. I want my identity in you. And that's how that journey gets started. And he will take you on your own journey. But you have to be willing to A, recognize that you do have problems. You are not this perfect human being without flaws. Mm -hmm. And life is not happening to you. Let God know I'm serious about you. I want your plans for my life. I want an experiential relationship with you, one where I get to know you daily. And I want to know your plans and purpose. And and that's Mm -hmm. how it how it started for me. That's beautiful. Um, I feel like in the world today, we have, I started taking people as an, like I started meeting everybody. I'm like, what, what's this sign telling me? Like, why did you come into my life? And I feel like that's such an important question to ask once you realize and become very self-aware. Now, every single person I meet where it doesn't work out or it works out like friendship wise, I'm just like, what was this lesson for, you know, was it to help me grow stronger? Was it like you said, a mirror to help me through this certain journey? Because I've been through friendships in the past and I'm very selective now, but instead of, you know, instead of like beating myself, being like, Oh, I am the problem. I'm the problem. Why didn't this work out? I'm now at the more like, well, what did it teach me? What did that friendship teach me? Where did it guide me? What, was God's message to me? What was he trying to prepare me for? And now every time something that happens into my life that's bad, I'm just like, okay, everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why this situation is happening. I might not know what it is a month from now, two months from now, a year from now, but I know that God's plan is perfect. And let's say two years, two years later, I'm gonna, everything is gonna fall into place. And I'm gonna be like, wow, this, it had to be in order. It had to teach me. It had to give me character because God's not going to hand anything to you that you're not prepared for. So, (laughs) yeah. So that's what I try to tell my listeners. And, you know, I feel like it's really hard going on a spiritual journey because you have to confront a lot of skeletons. You have to confront a lot of demons that you've had before. And some people just don't want to go through that process. And I'm just like, but that's the beauty in it. That's how you, that's how you heal and live your highest, most feminine self is if you, if you don't, you know, step away from that, it's like you, you know, you step into it. So Mm -hmm. honestly, my life changed seven months ago. Like I'm Jewish, half Russian, Mike is Christian. So when we hit rock bottom in our relationship, when things just weren't going right, he was super invested in his business. He was steering the wrong direction and we hit rock bottom and, you know, we were about to break up. My bags were packed and he's just like, you know what, Angelica, like you are the person for me because you are everything that I've asked God for. I am, I'm the problem. So I'm, going to go back to church and you can come with me or not Casey's like I can't do this alone I need God to help me and I was like okay well I I have to do this with you you know I have to see this through with you because if we're not going to if we're not growing together we're going to grow apart so I went with him to church 
we went to this place called Vu Church. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, it's like Pastor Rich Wilkerson and Don Cherie. It's like a non-denominational church. And mm. we went there and I heard worship music for the first time and my soul was like dancing. And then he was doing That's a sweet. sermon. Yeah, <laughs> literally my soul had like a smile. <laughs> but then he did a whole sermon on daddy issues. And I struggled with daddy issues all my life because I felt abandoned when I was younger. Even though my dad was very much in my life, he just wasn't mm -hmm. there 24 seven. You know, he had enough, he has another family. So I just always felt abandoned. Like I wasn't good enough. Like every man leaves. So then when he, we went to that mm -hmm. sermon, I was bawling my eyes out. I was just crying and crying and crying and i'm just like wow i didn't know this is what i needed i didn't know that it went that far into my childhood trauma and my child had like my my inner child has to heal because i thought i'm good on my own but i didn't realize that subconsciously and consciously like i was screwing up my life because i wasn't dealing with my past and then mike was like exactly. so did you my, my Mike was like, so did you like the church? And I'm just like, I loved it. I'm just like, I need to go back every single Sunday. So then that's what we started doing. We started going back every single Sunday. We started volunteering. I started getting like the Bible more. Now I read the Bible every day. I pray and, you know, I have, that's all I can tell my listeners. I'm just like, hey, like you have to at least try. It might be uncomfortable to get you know, into the relationship with God, but like, he wants to know you. He's there for you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to guide you. And that's just been guiding me, I guess, for the past seven months now. So mm. all the listeners listening, God is the answer. Yeah. And, and when I say God, I mean, Christ, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Christian for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, you are absolutely right. You cannot do this without God. Mm -hmm. You cannot. He, and the more serious you get about him, he orders your steps. He shows you things he does not show others. Mm -hmm. He gives you all these beautiful visions. He tells you secrets. Um, he um, appears, well, not appears to you himself. At least I've not yeah. seen him in dreams yet, but all these wonderful things appear to you in your dreams. When you have that relationship with him and you know who you are because of him, it is so much easier to relax into your femininity because who can tell you who you are when God himself has already shown you who yeah. you are, mm -hmm. right? Who can tell you you're not on the right path in life when God is sending you all these dreams and then those dreams manifest in the natural and you're like, God just showed me that in my dream three days ago. Yeah. And here it is happening in the natural. And all I have to do is submit my heart to him. And, and, and honestly, Angelica, that's what femininity is. It's like I said, it's the immaterial that drives the material as in the inner world that informs the outer world. So ladies who are listening, if you want to take this journey seriously, you have to want a heart like Christ. I mean, it's it's love. It's not pettiness. Mm -hmm. It's love. It's not gaslighting. It's love. It's not lying because you think nobody's going to find the truth or figure out what you're really up to. It's none of those things. It's, listen, I want to be a morally astute, 
kind, mm-hmm. tender, loving person who does the right thing, even when no one is looking. Yeah. I want to love people. I want to take the high road, even when I don't have to. That is femininity, that, that inner sweetness, that beauty, that warmth. It's what people feel when they're in your presence. And obviously, you know, the, the beauty is, is a great part of it, but nobody cares about that if you don't have that inner world in check. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I always say that. I always say, like, if God is for me, who can stand against me? And, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously being in the public eye, you have, and you're sharing your thoughts, your opinions, and some people might not like it. Some people love it. And some people, you know, like the modern day feminists, they attack me. And I'm just like, I'm going to pray for you. You know, like I know something happened in your life. And instead of me going back and forth with them, like my default self would, I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. God, God's watching. God listens. God knows what they need. And I'm just going to sit back and let it play out. And beautiful. I live this life now where, you know, I could be petty. I could take the low road. I could, you know, lie and cheat and do all these things. And I'm just like, I have somebody up there watching me, watching my every move. And I'm not going to be like a lukewarm believer. You know, I'm either mm-hmm. hot or I'm cold, but I'm not going to be the in and the out because I feel like that's way more disrespectful when you know better and you say that you give your life to God, to Christ, and then you do all these other things that kind of go against his name. And the pastor said it so true where it's like you have some Christians where it's like you guys say that you're Christians, but then you walk with the devil every day. And I'm just like, whoa, I'm like that hit deep because I have have people in my comments being like, well, I'm a Christian, but you're this and this and this. And I'm just like, whoa, like, you're setting a bad example of what it means to be a Christian or a godly woman. I'm not understanding this. Like, you know, respect, you know, your neighbors, love everybody, love you, love, like you like your, like, like you love yourself. So yeah, I, I'm definitely in that mentality where I feel like this like supernatural power in me where you glow from within when you have that. And I feel like you're, we're, we're taught to suppress our power inside of us. And that power for me is, of course, God. And God comes with femininity for me. Yes, God invented. He could not invent it. Oh, my God. He is the creator, creator. of femininity. Yeah. So I love everything that you're saying. And by the way, that statement, well, you know, you mentioned something you said, you said, um, I feel like it's far more disrespectful to know better and to not do better. Yeah. And people say they're Christians, but they walk with the devil all day long. That was a gorgeous statement. God is watching. People mm-hmm. do not understand. He is not a, a, a far out character that is limited to a book. He is the living God. Mm-hmm. He's alive. He is breathing. He is watching everything you do. And Angelica, if I can just say, there are so many people who say they're Christians and they're believers, right? But when you look at their actions, it, 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 none of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. How it are doesn't. you a Christian, but you're mean spirited? 
Mm-hmm. You gaslight, you lie, you don't own up to anything, you don't apologize, you don't repent, you don't confess to your sins. I mean, nothing is Christian about you. And because you know the word, like the back of your hands, or because you bring God into an argument to sound noble, mm-hmm. you think that's enough. And really, you're playing games with God. Yeah. And that is why so many people who, no matter how much they confess, out of their mouths that they're Christian, God is like, I am not blessing you because your heart is far from me. Wow. Yeah. And people, that's why some people wonder where it's like, well, I'm Christian, but you know, where it's like, but you're not getting the blessing is because you're not repenting. You're not following the words of God. And I strive so hard. I strive so hard because trust me, I've wired my default self for like 23 years. You know, mm-hmm. my, my brain pathways, they were strong. So this, and the devil talks to me all the time, you know, even in my marriage and, oh, like you should be insecure. Oh, like, aren't you worried he's going to cheat and this and this, and it takes me out of the present moment. And then mm-hmm. I just talk to God and God's like, no, like everything's fine. Everything is okay. Like you're good. And that's what gives me the power to be like, okay, the devil's talking like no negative self-talk. I'm staying in the present moment. I love my life. I'm blessed. I have great opportunities. And that's what helps me. So exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What you just said was so beautiful. The The enemy wants you to be so insecure because if you don't stay in that in that place with the Holy Spirit, then the opposition can come in and start talking to you and mm-hmm. getting you to do the exact opposite of what you know God already said. Mm-hmm. Like Eve in the garden, yes. God already gave the instructions. And what did the enemy do? He talked to the serpent to talk to Eve and get her to second guess God's instructions. You already know, or Eve already knew God said, you cannot eat of that tree of knowledge Mm -hmm. of good, evil. But the enemy wants you to think something else so that he can come between you and the man God has for you and all of the plans God has for you. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's true. Yeah, it really is true. So I wanted to ask you a question because I feel like a lot of women nowadays, like the modern day woman, they got sucked into the boss babe culture and they're just very career driven. And I feel like Mm -hmm. now more than ever, I'm kind of seeing a shift where people want to learn more about femininity and dive into their feminine journey with healing. So Mm -hmm. how does a woman start relaxing into her femininity after so many years of being hyper-independent, self-sufficient, and just good on her own financially, emotionally, and physically. So how does that process start for her? Well, that goes back to that Christian life too, and really getting into that word and also telling God, I want to experience you on my own so that you speak to me about your design for women. Mm -hmm. Because what women do not understand is feminism is anti-Christian. It's anti-religion in in nature. All of the major players in feminism, including the founders of modern feminism, are atheists by their own admission. Mm -hmm. And so that should say a lot to women. 
-hmm. Like, okay, these are women who do not believe in God. And if you understand godly femininity, you will clearly see what they did is look at God's design for his beautiful daughters. And they wrote a different Bible, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. Go to Christ and say, I want to experience you. I want to know who I am as in my identity in you. And I want to know your plans and purpose for my life. Because when you do that, he starts to show you, Hey, that's not what a woman is. Mm -hmm. That's not what a woman does. Mm -hmm. Here's what you need to be doing. And you need to understand your natural purpose, which is to help a man, the man God has for you. But you have to understand who Christ is and how he sees you so that you can take that walk right? Because when you mm -hmm. know your identity and your purpose, as in the life mission, you are put here to see through, um, your husband can identify you. And I'm going to explain that. And then I'll, you know, let you ask the next question, because I know sometimes I can get a bit, um, no, I love off. it. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the reasons it's so important to find your identity in Christ is because your purpose is attached to that your purpose is your life mission. Like, what mm -hmm. are you here to do? For me, it's the youth, it's the kids, right? I help women reclaim their femininity so they can heal their hearts, get married and start families, but everything leads back to those children. How can we have healthy intact children without healthy intact mothers, right? Mm -hmm. However, a lot of our issue is the wrong men and women are getting married. And then there's all this turmoil in the home and the kids can't, they can't survive that. Mm -hmm mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, they can't survive it. Mom and dad are always fighting. Well, why are mom and dad always fighting? Because they're actually not meant to be. They got married for all the wrong reasons. They did not know their identities. They did not know their purposes in Christ. They didn't know any of those things. So you need to go to Christ and say, I want to experience you and have a relationship with you. I want to know who I am in you. And I want to know my purpose because your husband is your purpose partner. The same life mission that is in his heart Christ has put in your heart. So for, like I said, for me, it's youth. It would make sense then that my husband is just as passionate about the youth. Your life mission and your husband are down the same path, not separate paths. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that um, connect to the question you asked me? Well, because women are doing this boss babe, Miss Independent um, um, lifestyle. They're on that. That's not what God has for you. You are here to help a man. However, you're, you're going to help your husband with glee in your heart because you two have the same life mission, but mm -hmm. you got to figure out what that life mission is. Wow. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, my life mission is the same. I would say is in the same path as Mike, because Mike works in the medical field. So mm -hmm. his, his life mission is helping as many people all around the United States when it comes to the elderly. And my life mission, I feel like is helping as many people as I can with this message of finding God and femininity. And I told God, I'm just like, Hey God, like, please give me the platform. Um, all glory to you, you know? And I was just like, I'll make sure that your name is known and I'll try to tell, I'll spread the word as much as I can. And it was so crazy because when I started this podcast, he blessed me with a large platform that I didn't know I was going to have at first. I thought I was going to have a few hundred listeners. And Mike was like, I thought I was going to have to tell you like, Hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But it grew to 
like 80,000 listeners in 10 episodes. So I guess both of our life mission, we feel like is on the same path, but it wasn't in the beginning. It wasn't for the Mm -hmm. first six months when I didn't understand my purpose and I didn't give my life to God and I didn't know femininity because I was like, well, I'm going to start my own business. I don't need anything from you. Like I know how to make my own money. And we were just like not on the same page. And that's why we were growing apart. So my second question, well, not my second, but my other question to you is, do you feel like women can be career driven and in their feminine energy at the same time? If the career you're in is your life purpose, yes. Okay. For me, like I said, femininity, helping women reclaim their femininity so they can heal their hearts, get married and start families. That's my life purpose. Mm-hmm. So am I driven to make this the best platform possible? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can be career driven as long as it's your life mission. The problem is so many women are seeking their purpose in the working worlds, which was and is the goal of the sexual revolution, mm-hmm. which is the same thing as radical feminism. They did not want women to find their natural purpose. They wanted women to go into the working world and find their purpose by competing for their own resources alongside men. Betty Friedan actually talks about that in her book. She said, I believe that women can and should find their purpose in the working world, even if it means taking on the same societal responsibilities and burdens as men. Well, we know women aren't made for that. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem. Don't go and seek a career just because you want to be strong on paper or miss so-and-so. You need to be seeking your identity your, your, um, your purpose in God so that whatever career he gives you is because of your life mission. I love that. And it's so true because so many women are getting to a field of career driven or doing a job that they hate and that requires, and then they come home and they're stressed and they're tired and they're just overworked and they're miserable. And then they're wondering why they can't relax into their feminine is because you're not living in the purpose God has created you for you're not living in god's purpose and you're not living in your purpose and that's why you're not glowing from within that's why you're stressed that's why you're tired that's why you're miserable or you don't love your life right now is because you're not doing what you love and that's that that it's, it's huge because in the beginning when mike and i met i was doing a q a and they're just, everybody was asking me like, well, what do you do for work? And I was just like, oh, like I, I take care of the home. You know, I'm a homemaker. I, you know, I take care of, I'm a dog, I'm a dog mom. I cook, I clean, I do laundry. I make sure Mike is fed all the time. Like I take care of everything in the house. Like I'm good. And so many people came after me. They're just like, you're unfulfilled. You're unpurposeful. You sound miserable. You're a slave. And that really got to me at first because I didn't understand femininity, but it really got to me to the point where it's just like, wow, like maybe I do need to start some sort of business. Maybe I do need to go get a job or something. And that's what I did. I got sucked into, I got bullied into the whole feminist movement. So they sucked me right in and I'm just like, wow, maybe I need to do more. Maybe he doesn't like me doing all this. Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so devoted into what I'm doing at home. 
So I started working and started doing these like events that took up my whole day and I would have to drive 40 minutes. I did an event from 9 a.m. to I would say like five o'clock. I would come home. Nothing would be done around the house. There would be no food, no nothing. I'd be tired. I just want to go to sleep. And then after the event, I would have to be on my phone all day. And my relationship suffered because I did it for like a week straight and nothing was getting done. And Mike is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what, what happened here? Like I loved you being at home. I loved you, you know, taking care of the home. And I was like, I, I felt your presence. Like it felt good to me. And I'm just like, oh, I thought you didn't want me to. I thought you wanted me to go out and make money. And he's like, who told you that? And then I told him, well, people, <laughs> the, people on Q&A told me that I'm, I'm purposeful. Like my man won't love me, all this stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. Like you're getting sucked into the modern day world. And he's just like, and I yeah. was like, wow. And I felt so unhappy. I was overworked. I was tired. I was more irritable. Didn't want to do anything around the house. Didn't want to get myself ready because I would just be so tired. But I wasn't living in my purpose that got me in the morning to glow from within. You know, I was just, I was not Angelica at that point. I was a completely different person. And I was like, you know what? I quit. So I quit that job. <laughs> Good for you. And why are you letting me call you Angelica when your name is Angelica? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I just leave it because Angelica, as long as it's not like and yeah, whatever. It's okay. Some people do it with a C, and I'm just like, oh, I'll let it go. But yes, it's Angelica. Um, okay, Angelica. so yes. So now the women that are in the boss babe culture making good money do you think they can ever find a relationship with an alpha female or it just wouldn't work with an alpha female or alpha sorry male? an alpha male yeah with an alpha oh, no, male I, was, I, I didn't know um i didn't know uh, where we were going i'm like wait i don't know <laughs> um hmm what I tend to see women who are very career driven do is exactly what you said your life was like for that one week. They work all the time. When they come home from the office or the project, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. There's very little time for them to grocery shop during the week, cook fresh, mm -hmm. organic and healthy food for themselves and their families. Uh, if they're single, um, and they don't have time to go out and date or to go to therapy and heal or work out and make sure their bodies are uh, attractive and ready to produce healthy, productive, and healthy children. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. healthy, productive, and loving children, right? So when you put all that together, you, you have to wonder how a career-driven woman can be found by an alpha man. And, and again, I'm not, it's, it's, it's not impossible. It's just the life they live doesn't permit um, for them to go out and do that mm -hmm. or for them to be attractive to men in that class because men in that class need what Mike told you he needed for that one mm -hmm. week you were away from the home. Like, hey, Angelica, I work a lot. I'm the top dog at the company or in my organization. The last mm -hmm. thing I need to do 
is come home to a house that's out of order. The last thing I need to do is come home to no food. That mm -hmm. gives me the, the, the love and the sustenance, which is what we are as women, the nurturers, AKA the sustainers, that gives me the love and the sustenance to go out and do this crazy thing I have to do again the next day. Yes. You're telling me you do what I do all day long. And when we both come home, the home is just like, it's just, it's a toss up. Mm -hmm. And that actually goes against Titus 2.5, which is to be um, pure, loving, uh, working at home, kind and submissive to your own husband so that the word of God may not be reviled. Titus tells us you're actually supposed to be working at home. Mm -hmm. Your work should not take you away from the home. And when you are operating in your God-given purpose, it, it usually doesn't. Mm -hmm. I'm not so, saying. So what do you, what do you think about, you know, obviously on Instagram, you see the boss babe culture, but then you also see these power couples. So what do you think about power couples where the woman is saying that she owns her own successful business and the man is saying that he owns a successful business. And then they're, I guess, happy on Instagram what do you think about that? Because that's what I kind of always wanted for myself. I was like, oh, I want to be uh, the power couple for my world was, oh, I need to be in this. I have to own a successful business and he has to own a successful business in order to be a power couple. Now I think a power couple means something completely different. Now I think a Same. power couple is like, oh, well, I'm here. We have the same purpose and we support each other and I support him and he supports me and I make sure he's good. Like, it's like more of like a team effort, but we just have way different, like more different responsibilities. It's like, I don't have to own a business to kind of like Mike started his new business when we met and he keeps telling me like, I wouldn't have been able to grow it as successful. Or he's like, I wouldn't even have started this business if it wasn't for you, you know? And because you know, a man that's single, he was already making his good money. He didn't have that drive, that motivation of like, wow, like now I have her to take care of. Now we're going to have a family. There's something more I have to do. He's like, I would have never had that thought process. And I cooked him every meal. I made sure everything was in order so he can go and be focused on, you know, have being successful and living in his purpose. But now I can say, well, I did that, you know? Like our, his success is my success because I'm the woman beside him. And I say like, I'm as powerful as he is in the relationship. There's no one inferior or superior. That's what I think a power couple is now. Yeah, exactly. Um, to me, when I think about a power couple, I see a woman operating in her God-given femininity mm -hmm. and her purpose. So she has her own projects and things going on that are taking her down the same path as her husband. And he is this boss and leader in the community, but she holds it down at home, right? That's what mm -hmm. I think of our couple as being, you know, how beautiful is it when a woman looks great, she looks healthy and, and vibrant and she mm -hmm. presents herself well the kids are well mannered the house is well ordered and peaceful 
and people look up to their family and the man is fulfilled when he comes home. And so when he goes out in the world or into the world, he's got energy, he's confident. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell that he's sustained well. That is a power couple to me. Not a woman who's in the power suit, her husband's in the power suit, and they're trying to put on this image, you know. And and I guess to some people that works, but mm-hmm. it's not to in opinion it's not aspirational I don't think Mm -hmm. we should be idolizing uh, that you know oh she's got the boss career and he's the boss too that's not I don't think that's something to be praising I agree so do you so I was going to ask how do you think the feminist movement shaped the woman in today's society do you think it was for better or for worse I know the first wave was about just like equality and just having the right to vote and do basic things that that men did that women weren't allowed to do but I feel over the years it kind of came into this toxic feminist movement where now we absolutely or women absolutely just hate men and can't stand them and want to be better men than they are I'm laughing because that's so, that's so profound. It's like the feminist movement. And let's, let's, let's do a little bit of um, uh, differentiating. First wave feminism, which was from about 1848 to maybe early 1900, was absolutely about personhood. But Alice Paul, which was one of the more prominent second wave feminists drafted the ERA, which is the Equal Rights Amendment in 1920. Mm -hmm. And that's when women started wanting equality with men everywhere all the time. And they were pushing for it to be an amendment to the constitution in all 50 states. It still Mm -hmm. has not been ratified by all 50 states. And I'm actually very grateful for that because just like Phyllis Schlafly started saying in the 60s and 70s, if we keep pushing for this, women are going to lose their societal protections. What do we have today? Men in women's sports, things like that. Men in women's bathrooms, things like that. Because equality is equality everywhere, all the time. You cannot discriminate on the basis Mm -hmm. of sex at all. There is no sex. There is no gender. There are just people. Wow. Well, so that was, that's a little breakdown of the history of feminism, but um, feminism specific. I would say feminism especially became more about the hypersexualization and the over careerization of women. If that's, that's not a word, but I'm making it up. Mm-hmm. Women, the goal to uh, sexualize and make women more perfect workers became the agenda of the feminist movement in the late 1960s. That is not up for debate the 60s feminist movement, which some would say is third wave feminism, got backdoored by people who had their own agenda and a lot of money. And the goal was to call women out of the home because the goal, the real goal of feminism is the breakdown of the family. And if women are not at home being um, managers of the household and of their children, then we do not have families. Mm-hmm. So do I think the feminist movement has created better women? I would not say better. It's told women to abandon your natural purpose. You actually just admitted to it. I got bullied into thinking that being at home was 
not aspirational, mm-hmm. but your entire relationship suffered. Yeah. And your Candace- man has become a lot of mm-hmm. Well, Candace Owen, when I heard her speak, she's just like, she was talking about the whole feminist movement. And she's just like, if you're not at home raising your kid, the government is. Oh, and of course. I'm sorry, I got passionate for a second. No, yes. go for it. Speak your mind. Well, I was just going to say, and the government and the media are working in lockstep to push this narrative to our kids that there is no such thing as man and woman. There are just people. I mean, in it's, it's, this it's scary. It is. I went into a store the other day and I'm openly conservative. I have nothing to hide. Same. I went into a store the other day and there was this teenage boy with um, pink, hot pink nails and hot pink lipstick. Ooh. And he was... You know, and it and I, and I said a prayer for him. I said, Holy Spirit, please touch him and show him that you have a plan for his life and, yeah. and encourage his heart to let you in. I just I said that prayer silently. That's beautiful. Because I'm looking at this, 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 and he was a um he was a beefy boy, but with pink nails on and pink lipstick. And and what concern me the most about the entire situation is um he was not chivalrous at all he was not um accommodating the way a man should be at all it was very much like well you know you kind of came you know like right when the store opened so sorry it was very like it was like he was trying to out feminine me mm-hmm. and like i was trying to be a better woman like, than you yeah exactly and i'm like i'm just being a woman yeah. You do not look like me. You are not designed like me. And I am praying that God touches your heart and shows you how out of order you are right now. Yeah. Well, I do my best because we're in Vegas right now. So it's very close to LA and I feel like LA is just very liberal. So it's a different type of, it's, it's a different, it's a different type of crowd than what you see in Miami because it's very conservative in Miami and God bless mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis and what he's doing because God he's, <laughs> he's, he's literally protecting the children and some people are against it. And I'm just like, how are you against him protecting children? Oh, they can't find their own way. They can't make their own decisions. It's like, they're, they're, it's, they're three years old. Yeah, they're three years old. They don't know the difference between Barbie and a truck. You want them to make life-changing decisions. And what bothers me the most is the the parents, you know, the parents going through that because they want to be like the pick me. They want to be in the in crowd. And I'm just like, I, I'm also very conservative. And the biggest transition for me being in Vegas is beautiful place, very nice people. But I see them everywhere you know like everywhere I go it's more than ever and it scares me because it started off you know with allowing you know gays and lesbians it's like okay you you guys can get married we're good and then it came to the whole LGBTQ and then it started growing and growing and growing and now you like you said we're at that part where it's like well everybody's equal because we started the process so long ago so how do we discriminate 
And I see, you know, I'm always like asking, I'm just like, where are the feminists when the woman, the, when the men are attacking women's sports, like where's that whole movement going on? We're only attacking other women when they want to be homemakers and they want to devote their lives to their kids and their family. But we're not feminists when we have men playing in women's sports and taking away from children. Uh, like it blows my mind. I get so mad when I look at it, when I see it, when I hear about it, it just, it drives me nuts. And I feel like then that's why I say the United States scares me so much. And I tell Mike, I'm just like, Hey, like, I don't know if I can raise our children here because they would have to be homeschooled. I would have to live on a farm. I would have to grow my own crops. <laughs> like I would have to do all these things because I would, they would not be able to have social media. They would not be able to have TikTok. Like, and then I'm just like, I just want to maybe move to somewhere like in Europe somewhere where it's just like not so crazy here because I feel like two, three years ago, it wasn't this way. Pre-COVID, I don't feel like it was really this way or maybe I was just asleep. You know, I wasn't awake at that time. We had a different administration. Well, this agenda has been slowly creeping to the forefront of American society since. Hmm. Okay. So I know earlier I said the sexual revolution officially backdoor the women's movement in the late sixties, mm -hmm. but the movement was actually below ground and very radical, which is why it was below ground <laughs> for mm -hmm. so long um, since the early 1900s. And the movement actually involved people who weren't called feminists, but were like Margaret Sanger, like Catherine McCormick, you know, the family responsible for chicken rub. <laughs> the McCormick family actually sponsored the first birth control pill we have in the United States called Innovit 10. These people had an agenda of breaking down the family underground though, since the early 1900s. It just came above ground and, and was in our faces, sort of, in the late 60s, when the sexual revolution got hijacked, I'm sorry, hijacked the, the women's movement by those same prominent figures who were working with women like Margaret Sanger and Catherine McCormick as they were below ground. It's an entire network. Yeah, and I feel like some people also think like ignorance is bliss. So it's just like, it's I'd rather not. I'd rather not know and just like live my life than to know and completely go down a rabbit hole. And I feel I talk to a lot of people that get uncomfortable when I say these things and mm -hmm. they just tell me I'd rather not know and live my life the way that it is. And I'm just like, well, how's that going for you? You know, you, <laughs> you wake up, you wake up, you do the same routine every single day. And are you, are you really happy with yourself? Are you living to your highest potential? And mm -hmm. that's, that's the goal with this podcast too, is I, I love having you on it as a guest and, you know, I'm sure there's going to be many other guests, but the whole goal with this podcast is I want every woman to a have a relationship with god and find 
God in their lives and live in their purpose. And B, it's like, I want them to find their dream man and live the life they've always dreamed of having for themselves before, you know, getting sucked into this boss babe culture, or I'm going to be alone forever. Because I have women that are super career driven that have just created successful businesses. And now they're 30, 35 years old, and they have their biological clock kind of hit them. And they're just like, wow, I don't have anybody in my life, you know? And they're like freezing their eggs and all that stuff. And they even said to me, they're just like, one thing I wish someone told me when I was younger is, hey, as much as you want to work on your career, like also work on being a good person, being a good woman in society, healing yourself, focusing on your past traumas. I wish someone told me that. I got lucky because I had my second parent, like you said, which was Mike that got me awake where he was the first person, the first healthy person to tell me, you need to, you need to step out of the matrix, you know, per se, Mm -hmm. you need to take the red pill. You need to take a dose of the red pill right now. That's what it's called. Yeah. And people come to me, they're just like, you're super red pilled. And I'm just like, right. and yeah, thank right. you so much. I, I, I like this part of me. So, <laughs> and you look beautiful. You glow. You're very like airy. And that's what women are. That's what femininity is. It's air and masculinity is fixed and, and they, and it has to be to create the perfect balance in society. But feminism has taught us that the binary dualism as in the and other, as in masculine, the feminine other is, is, is toxic. And it's really not the and other it's, 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 um, the and compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so beautiful. Good for you. Thank you. It was, it was definitely a hard pill to swallow, but I like it on this side. So what do you, like, how do women, because everybody has masculine and feminine energy inside them. So how does a woman balance the masculine and the feminine? Because, you know, women are working, they, you know, they have to provide from themselves. So how do they balance between the two? Well, we have to have some clarity about the masculine and feminine energies that dwell within all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when women hear, oh, um, everyone has masculine and feminine energy, uh, it, it translates to them as, I'm, it's okay if the, uh, my masculine and feminine energies are operating at the same level. Mm-mm. Or 50-50, yeah. no, that's not what that is. Yeah. You are, if you are a female being, for example, you are supposed to have a lot more feminine energy than masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Now, is that masculine energy there to some degree? Of course, because for instance, what is masculinity protection? If a, if a um, baby is in danger, that masculine energy comes to the forefront of a woman to grab up that child and protect it. Mm-hmm. So that masculine energy is supposed to be situational, not necessarily 
well, we all have masculine and feminine energy, feminine energy. So what's so wrong with me being part masculine and part feminine or 50, 50, mm-hmm. very wrong. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. We it are does. very feminine beings, but if, if, if we see that baby in danger, that feminine, it, it's something about our masculine that just goes, <gasps> yeah, that masculine energy that's like there in small degrees. It's like, <gasps> you know, it comes yeah. up and out. That's the point. Not well. So anyway, the way a woman can relax into her femininity, who is career driven, by the way, if that career is not your purpose, I tell all of the ladies on my platform, if you have any money saved up, I recommend you leaving that high stress career, giving yourself to God and seeking your identity and your purpose as quickly as possible, right? Going on that journey with him and letting him take you where he wants to take you because he will. Mm -hmm. And as you are waiting for Christ to reveal your purpose to you, then what you can get involved in is philanthropy. You can do things like um, real estate or stocks, jobs mm-hmm. that provide you flexibility, yeah. great money and room to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have all of that stress from working all the time, you'll naturally start to relax into your femininity. You can spend more time in solitude. You can spend more time in in the quiet areas of your life. Mm -hmm. You can hear what God is saying because you're not always on the go and stressing and trying to make money and naturally always in that masculine Tory mass. Oh my God. Did I, did I say masculine Tory (laughs) (laughs) territory? You can pull yourself out of that masculine territory to give yourself an opportunity to work on that femininity. So it's Mm -hmm. just more of the freedom of doing you rather than always doing something for others and being on the go, 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 high stress, overworked, can't even have time for yourself. Exactly. You, God did not build women for stress. Mm -hmm. He built up for nurturance. Mm-hmm. If you are in a high stress environment, I am almost 100% positive. That's not where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. That's something you decided on and that's okay. But mm-hmm. before it's too late, you need to get yourself realigned with the woman God wants you to be. It does not involve you being stressed. It mm-hmm. really involves you working on getting yourself married. Mm, yeah. 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 No, that, seriously. That was the goal Eve for, was, no, go for mm-hmm. it. No, I was just saying Eve's goal was to help Adam. Yes. Eve was not a career woman. Mm-hmm. She was a made from Adam's, her. she was made from Adam's rib. Exactly. And you are not in 2023, that is physically taken out of your husband's rib. It's a spiritual thing. Your husband is out there but you have to get in alignment with Christ, figure out who you are and what your life mission, AKA your purpose is so that your Adam can identify you. See, Adam didn't know everything about Eve. He just looked at her and knew she is woman, my woman, Mm -hmm. right? Your husband, when he first lays eyes on you, it's not gonna know everything about you. 
Mm-hmm. But he will know God will speak to him in some sort of way. But you got to you really got to go where he is. How do you mm-hmm. go where he is? Well, you're operating in your purpose and God will lead you to where that man is. And, you know, for instance, if, you know, a woman's purpose is um, the elderly. Well, her husband's life mission and purpose is the elderly, too. Well, since your life mission and purpose is the elderly, you're probably in areas where you're serving them. Well, then your husband can see you because you're already in that environment, mm-hmm. right? But if you're off doing, I don't know, accounting or something, <laughs> you're likely, A, working all the time, too tired to do anything else, and three, you're not in your husband's area or fields where he can identify you. Mm-hmm. That's so important get yourself married, leave these high stress careers. Hopefully you can, you have the money saved up. If you don't start working on an exit plan mm-hmm. so you can really work on yourself, do something like trade, you know, I don't know everything, but figure out another way to make money. There's great ways to make money, but your focus should be getting yourself married, cut down on these bills. You don't have to live this lavish life in your single season because all the boss babes on social media say you need to move to a high rise, buy yourself a Beamer, um, take trips and all that, because that's a part of the pressure women are feeling today. And I did that too. I lived in $2,500 a month apartments, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm glad I had those experiences because I can confidently tell women now, please just take my word for it. While it was beautiful, it was not worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't need to put all that stress of bills on yourself. Mm-hmm. What you should do, and this is one of my initiatives that I plan to launch later down the line, but um, get a rooming house with three or four other women in your age range who all want to get married. Well, if you get a house somewhere, a beautiful house too, you guys can get something beautiful in a nice suburb or a city suburb. If there are five bedrooms and you all are like-minded, everybody's cooking, everybody's healing, everybody's encouraging one another. So you all are paying, let's say the mortgage on that house is $4,000. A mortgage for $4,000, oh my gosh, divided mm-hmm. by five is much more doable for everyone involved versus one girl is paying $2,500 in a solo apartment. Another is paying 3000 in a solo apartment. No, well, of course you all have to work all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a much better alternative for women. And I'm going to be talking more about that as well. I have not even thought about that, but that is such great advice and if I was what I do (laughs) yeah because if I was single I would have done exactly that because I had I didn't have like-minded friends I had friends I wanted to party go get drunk go meet other guys and I was like okay I guess that's what I'm doing too but in my heart I knew that I wanted to get married but to everybody else it's like I don't want to get married I don't want to do the cooking and the cleaning when I get rich I'll hire a chef and do all of that. And my dad is the one who said, no, 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 don't let what happened to me and your mother be the reason why you are not going to get married. Things happened between us and we just grew apart, but please don't let that be the reason. And then I'm like, wow, like 
I do want to get married. And a huge wake up call for me knowing that I wanted to be in a relationship is I had a friend and she had a sister and her sister was making her own money, lived in a beautiful apartment, drove a very nice car and was just very super career driven. And then at around, I think 27, 28, she was finally like, I want somebody but she would be in Europe and doing all these experiences and finding herself. And <laughs> at 27, 28, she had that switch. And it's just like, you don't just find Mr. Right the next day. It, it takes time. So of course. she, she was getting her, you know, she was playing the field and she was meeting all these guys and they were just so toxic. And I realized, I'm just like, wow, like, I don't want to be in her position where now she's struggling to find herself and she's struggling to find her love of her life because she was partying and living out her prime years. I was like, I want to do this when I'm young. I want to get married when I'm young. And that's how I started kind of losing all my friends and the people that were around me because I wanted something different for myself. I didn't want to be the party girl. I didn't want to do all these things. I always wanted to find love, but yeah. what, but what had, what happens and a lot of women message me and they're just like, well, I won't be seen by men if I don't act a certain way, if I don't dress a certain way, or if I don't post certain pictures online, you know, a lot of women, they're just like, I always tell women, I'm just like, I used to be the woman that posted very provocative photos, you know, like that was me back in the day. I thought male attention, getting attention, all that stuff, but I just got, you know, perverts. I was attracting perverts. I was attracting low quality men that just wanted to sleep with me and just wanted to use me for my body and didn't really want to get to know me because that's all I showed for myself. And then I remember two months or two to three months before meeting Mike, I cleaned up my Instagram, you know, like my Instagram was fully clean. Like, you know, I think there was like a bikini photo of me at the beach, but everything like looked like it was like supposed to, I would say. And <laughs> then I met Mike three months later and he really got to know me rather than just trying to sleep with me. But then a woman came to me and she's just like, well, some women, a lot of women have to post these kinds of photos to attract certain men. So what do you say to that? Because I just tell them, well, what kind of men do you want to attract? Because I would rather back in the day, yes, if let's say I had a hundred DMs from perverts, it's I would rather switch that to like three quality men. And that would just do the same. But women, we they strive on attention and you know they want they think that high value men want that kind of woman because that's what they're seeing online i would 100 percent agree with you mm -hmm. i believe every woman goes through that phase where she thinks if i show a little body then i'll get all this attention well mm -hmm. you will but not from the kind of man you want, not from mm -hmm. a respectable and respectful man. Mm -hmm. Those kind of men think differently 
And I'll tell you why. Well, the men up here, mm-hmm. right? They are not average men. Mm-hmm. They've had to do more things. Uh, they've had to overcome more challenges and obstacles to get up here. And they think the way they think, because one, life is different up here. So where you are all the time affects your view, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in a skyscraper, the view on the 30th floor is not the same as the view on the second floor. It's just mm-hmm. not. So they, they, they think differently because they literally see the world from up here because of everything they've had to do to even get to that level. That's first and foremost. Um, and since they've had to work so hard, they don't want anything average men can have access to. Mm-hmm. Average men can log on to Instagram and see your breast, see your buttocks. You know, I'm not saying don't be a little sexy. You know, I have a corset where I show, you know, a little decolletage yeah. and a little. That's fine. You know, tasteful and sexy. But if I can log on to Instagram and I'm a man up here. Mm -hmm. And my pastor, my family, my friends, you know, and all these people who I move in circles with who are also very respectable and respectful, if they can all see that, I am humiliated. Mm -hmm. And the woman that a man puts on his arm tells the world everything they need to know about him. It is not at all believable that you are this high value man who is with a woman who is half naked online and you are secure in your masculinity and also healthy up here and in here. Mm -hmm. So they are not going to put themselves in a position to be looked down on by anybody they love and respect. And women have to understand, it doesn't matter what you and your friends normalize. The Mm -hmm. man you want who is up here has other people to to impress, to answer to, and consider. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to log on the internet and see a man like that, you know, dating a woman who's half naked. So yes, you will get a lot of attention, but not from quality men who are looking for a wife Mm -hmm. that yeah it's it's so true what you said and I love the way that you put it because that was a great explanation it put really put things into perspective I guess I always try to explain it that way but you just (laughs) you hit it spot on okay so Mm -hmm. I have one last question for you so if you had a daughter, what advice would you give her? Take your relationship with Christ serious um, as early as you can in life. Mm-hmm. Take it seriously. Apologies. Mm-hmm. He has the answer to everything you want and need. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. You want all of your blessings. You want the, the, the purpose-driven career, right? You mm-hmm. want the guy. You want the wealth. You want the love. You want all of those things, and it's possible. But you must go through Christ to seek him for your identity and his plans for your life to have that. If you get it in, through the world, you'll be running in circles, for so long and then you'll be miserable because you think 
nothing works. Mm -hmm. No, Christ works. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But you need a relationship. Reading the Bible is not enough. There, the enemy knows the Bible, right? Yeah. You need to seek that relationship with Christ. And I actually talk about this in my course on how to do that. And I'll give you one of the prayers I said, which was Christ. And, and this is me starting out on my journey. I want an experiential relationship with you. One where I experience you daily and know you for myself. And when you mean that with all of your heart and soul, he will reveal himself to you. And the supernatural blessings and protection that you will experience, nothing can top that. Mm -hmm. that's that's great advice that's exactly the same advice that I would give my daughter because mm -hmm. if you are struggling with being sad anxiety depression not finding your purpose all you have to do is focus on Christ and he has all the answers you are looking for and he will be your best friend and you will never ever feel alone and I do that daily now. Like when I'm even driving in the car, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to God, you know, I'm just having a conversation with him, telling him how my day is, you know, telling him how I would like things to go, but not my way, his way. But I definitely, you know, God bless if God blesses me with having children. That's definitely what I want to teach them and what I want to keep in the family because mine and Mike's marriage right now is not just between us. It's with God in the middle. You know, he's the center of our relationship and we can't do it on our own. We need to rely on him. So it was, it was very crazy how it happened because we had to find God in order to get married because the way that things were going, God was like, I'm, I'm not letting, I'm not letting you guys get married. And it's so crazy because the devil creates chaos. So he wanted us to break up. He fell in the cracks and we let him and God, and we, you know, looked to God for help and God created peace from chaos, which is like, we could have broke up. We could have went our separate ways. We could have let the enemy have his way but we're just like you know what no we're gonna we're gonna go for the higher power we're gonna go ask god for help and god mm -hmm. created god created a marriage so super super blessed and that's why i encourage everybody on this platform that's listening is to please go find christ because he has all the answers he does everything you want is found by going through him 100 mm -hmm. percent well, thank you so much, Kelly. You have been absolutely amazing and you have such amazing knowledge that I even learned from this conversation. So you have your book, Doctor's Orders, and then you also mm -hmm. have your course and now you have a new course coming out. Or is it- Well, yeah, no, so, are, so I revamped my course. Okay. So it's the same course, it's just- completely different. So if you purchased my old course, you have access to the new two-part course series, which is called Feminine Core Fundamentals course. That's part A and part B is Feminine Core Expanded. And the first part of the course talks about your second parents and how you can figure out the things you are doing wrong 
what before I can teach you about femininity, you need to know what's standing in the way of you reclaiming your femininity. And I show you exactly how to identify that. So you're not running in circles like, why are people saying I'm not feminine? What what is it? I teach you how to identify those things. And then once you finish the first part of the feminine core series, you move into the expanded course where I start talking about um, masculinity from a biological and spiritual standpoint. And then I present femininity as a complement to masculinity. It's a great series. Um, and then I'm writing my second book, which is actually going to be talking about the true agenda behind the women's movement and why marriage is on the decline in the American West. That is a journey. I'm going to be pitching that one to the big five, um, the big five publishing houses. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot going on. I just launched my Georgia Mastermind. And uh, my next retreat is in Napa Valley this July 17th through the 21st. Wow. (laughs) So I love what you're doing. I'll be joining the ranks of marriage very soon, but you know. (laughs) Yes. Well, I love that for you. And I hope everything, I can't wait to get your new book. Definitely. And I'm going to, and I'm definitely going to look into the course again and see it, it all revamped and literally learn a lot from it. So Thank you so much. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Bring Back Femininity podcast. I hope our conversation today has inspired you to tap into your feminine energy, embrace your higher self, and live a more authentically empowered life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends who might find it valuable and make sure to follow us so you never miss a new episode. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to reach out to us with your feedback and suggestions. Remember, you are unique, beautiful, and capable of amazing things. Keep shining your light and embracing your feminine power. Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Feminine podcast, and until next time, keep bringing back femininity.